It's like backstage, but there's no stage. It's the standby for places green room. Welcome to In the Green Room. Tom, I wanted to ask you about what your interpretation of the relationship between Matt and Jesse is, because it is certainly a very tender relationship. Mm-hmm. And they are kindred spirits in a lot of ways. Yes. Well, I, I think it's um, it starts out where Jesse finds himself suddenly in this class where he's starting to learn how to open up creatively and express himself emotionally, which he's been so hard for him to do based on the fact that he's been hiding um, in many ways who he is and feels he even has to hide that from his own father. But then the acting class and working with Matt on the monologues from Hamlet, especially, he really starts to learn to trust himself and believe in who he is and that it's okay to express himself. And then because Matt has become such an important person in his life in that way, and is really opening a whole door to some dreams for what his future could be, that does lead to Jesse really falling in love with Matt. And it kind of comes to a head in the scene where they uh, are driving back from Chicago where they saw the play together and he asks him to touch his scar, the scar from when he had tried to um, to commit suicide about a year earlier. Mm-hmm. And just the intimacy of that, which is um, something that Matt first is reluctant to do, but then he doesn't want to say no. And then Jesse writes in his acting journal, which is supposed to be a very personal journal that they keep in the class and then they turn into the teacher. So he uses that as his vehicle for really telling uh, Matt how he feels about him. And uh, ultimately it becomes mutual. I mean, Matt doesn't want to admit that even to himself, that he is also falling in love with this teenage boy who's a student. But by the end, there is a very strong emotional connection between the two of them. Matt uh, is very careful not to encourage it to become anything sexual or anything physical, or even to acknowledge his own feelings to Jesse. But ultimately, it leads after they're falsely accused of having crossed a line. They both end up making big sacrifices for one another. And, and sort of giving up, they each, by, by what they, the way they explain the situation to the powers that be, they each kind of throw away the possibility that either of them can remain in the town. So then when they end up together in the bus station, just coincidentally, <laughs> in the very last scene, when Matt is planning to head west and Jesse is planning his own move to New York to become an actor, um, having dropped out of school towards the end of his junior year in high school, then they've got a decision to make. I mean, are they going to, is either one of them going to swap the ticket and are they going to go someplace together or um, are they going to say goodbye and head off in opposite directions? What do you hope that they decide to do? Well, I think that's that's why the play is risky, right? That's <laughs> the big question that I, I just want to put in front of the audience because it's, you know, you, in a way you see these two young men who really care about each other um, I mean, Jesse says we could look out for each other in New York. I mean, there's, and, and they're both so alone. I mean, they've both lost pretty much everything else in their lives. So I think some people watching that, um, even if you don't even really want to admit it to yourself, you kind of almost want to see them get together. But a lot of people are going to say, no, I mean, this is a, a high school student who's not 17 years old yet. And a teacher who's 32, even though you know, Matt no longer has his job and Jesse has dropped out of school. They no, they no longer technically are teacher and student. 
most people are going to say that Matt does the right thing by just drawing the line and saying, I'm not going to take advantage of this. I'm not going to do this to this young boy. But I think, I, I, I guess I want, I'd like to hear audience members talk about that in a talk back and, and even disagree about it. I mean, it's, it's hard to admit if you really want to see them together because that flies in the face of a lot of taboos. But I think one, one, one statement the play is trying to make, I mean, obviously, Grady set this up to be in June as one of your Pride Month podcasts. Mm-hmm. And so it makes a statement against homophobia. I mean, it's showing these two guys dealing with prejudice in a very small conservative town. And what I'm really, I think what I'm really saying is, you know, homophobia uh, really is certain people trying to dictate who other people can love, right? And hopefully most of us or probably almost anybody listening to this podcast or anybody who is interested in theater in New York or is going to, you know, actually listen to a podcast that's being advertised as something for Pride Month is probably not going to be homophobic. Mm-hmm. But that whole question of what do you decide as a human being about who is allowed to love? And I mean, who, who somebody else is allowed to fall in love with? We all draw that line somewhere don't we? Doesn't everybody draw that line somewhere? I mean, even though hopefully uh, most of us in this conversation are going to be past saying you can't be gay, somebody's going to draw the line someplace else. People draw it along ethnic lines, religious. A lot of, you know, otherwise sophisticated people are going to say, oh no, my son, my daughter can't marry outside the faith, depending on what faith there is. Do you draw the line there? Do you draw the line at age? I mean, who do you see walking down the street holding hands? And then you think, oh, you, as, as Alicia says, you, those two people shouldn't be together. Do you draw the line at coworkers? Do you draw the line at teacher-student? What about people who are blood relatives? I mean, look back to, I've just been reading a lot of Jane Austen, for example, which is one of my favorite writers. And Jane Austen, you can't marry someone who's below your social class. But you can marry your, you can be encouraged to marry your first cousin. But you know, in America today, or someone, or someone who is a, a lot younger than you, right? Who um, really can't make that decision, right? But I mean, even in Pride and Prejudice, like Mr. Collins, who makes the proposal, the ridiculous um, clergyman character who makes the first proposal to Elizabeth is actually her first cousin, and a lot of people think that would be a perfectly fine match. Nowadays, that would be considered incest, right? So, and I'm, I'm not trying to draw the line any, in any one particular place in this play. I'm not saying that I think that Jesse and Matt should have been together and it's okay to break the student-teacher trust. And I'm, and I'm not saying that they absolutely shouldn't be. I'm just trying to put that out there for the audience. I'm trying to say, where do you draw the line in terms of who you think it's okay for somebody else to be in love with or to act on their love for? And, and just to kind of point out the relativity of all those positions, right? Because all of us, every, every, I think everybody draws the line somewhere. It's just different for all of us. As a listener, it was very stressful to listen to with, with the two of them. Uh, uh-huh. It was filled with so much tension and I so badly didn't want Matt to breach that trust and cross that line because Jesse is a 16 year old and is a child and cannot make an informed decision about 
anything like that. And, and it is such a, whew, it's very heavy. So was there ever, how did you feel in the last scene as, as, an, as an audience member listening to it? What, what were you hoping would happen in the last scene? I was very much hoping that they would go in opposite directions. Okay. So you, so you did feel that Matt made the right choice there. Absolutely. One, 100%. I was, I was really worried that it was going to go the other way. And what did you think would have ultimately happened to them if they had say gone back to New York together? Oh, I mean, well, it would have been illegal (laughs) for them to be in a relationship because he's 16. Um, And I mean, ultimately that it would have ruined Jesse's life because even though he thinks that he's a grown up, he's, he's not. And that's what's hard about being a teenager is you, you think you have it all figured out and you think you are much more adult than you are. Thank you for listening. If you want early access to all of our interviews, subscribe to our Patreon today at patreon.com slash standbyforplaces. The full interview will be available on all podcast streaming platforms this Friday. For more information on our artists, check out our website at standbyforplaces.com.